There is a letter for you. Okay. You'd recognize the Imperium stamp. Hello, we are Wolfgang, Wolfgang, and Wolfgang. We are here with someone who is trying to set up a teleportation network. His name is Anvil Serpenthelm. Maybe you have heard of him. Rivka will say, uh, Potentia, where you mm. go? We're having a, a, like a magic book club on Tuesday uh, where we're kind of getting together. And yeah, the, uh, the academic one run by the Postgraduate Student Association? Well, I, I'm actually the one who's oh. running the event. Yeah, I, I'd love to have you come along. I think that was somewhat the plan, actually. I was talking to... Sort of looking around for where the triplets are. And now we continue. Before we join up with our academic adventurers on Tuesday, let's find out what they did on the, the Sunday after the game and the Monday following. Now, Meredith, what did you do on Sunday? Um, I think Meredith had a day off. She's very into um, taking care of herself and has been working very hard. And I think she would have had a day off where she just played music for a bit had some fun, maybe did a jam session with some friends. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, had a great time. Okay. And then Monday you had mm-hmm. an adventure. Uh, yeah, so I had a meeting with my Shut Up and Write group and um, it turned into um, some capades and it was a great time. Um, yeah, there was lots of unexpected oozes. And you guys should go and listen to that episode. <laughs> yeah, special <laughs> episode number two, capades that came out. Uh, on the 4th of March. So much fun. Uh, Harold, what did you do on your your weekend that you had left? Yeah, so I'm not really sure what Harold would probably be getting up to on the weekend. Um, I guess it's been quite an action-packed like week or so, um, mm-hmm. and he hasn't really had chance to look at those um, planetary observations. So I imagine Harold's actually, for once, doing some uh, actual PhD work uh, and actually having a look at those. And probably, you know, like, like you never make notes in the field that are like especially useful for writing up. So he's probably translating those into something like meaningful, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, good to hear that Harold's actually doing some academic work. Managed to to put his mystery sword down for a bit and hit the book, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's even really had time to think about that too much because um, a lot of stuff has happened. Uh, so, mm-hmm. um, so Potentia, what did you? Oh. Right. Potentia, what did you get up to on your, your Sunday, Monday? Now, you did receive a letter uh, on yep. the, the Friday, Saturday. Mm. I, I think she's probably first a priority is she has expended a lot of social energy in the last week. And so just a bit of recoup. She's not a hyper social person at the best of times. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she's just gone through like you know, going to a mugby game, she's mm-hmm. going to need some time. So she's probably curled up on a um, an armchair or, or equivalent um, in her in her little apartment, just kind of telling the world to go away, mm-hmm. to put it in polite terms. Yep. Um, Taking some, and, some time in your sanctum. Yeah, I mean, you know, with, with her familiar probably roaming around. Mm-hmm. A bit as well, but so so more more sort of calm on the Sunday, and probably like sort of organizes her stuff, like sorts out her clothes, kind of does mm-hmm. the the adulting things that 
because she's traveled a lot, she kind of has a routine of like, it gets yep. to the weekend, you do your laundry, you the like sort of the, the life admin type things that need to get done. Yeah, that you kind of forget you have to do during the week and then go, oh no, and need to kind of dedicate some time, especially mm-hmm. if you're, you know, pulling a mascot out of a house in a spider suit at mm-hmm. half past midnight, you know. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so I, while you've been doing these admin things, has that letter just been like sitting on your desk somewhere just like no, un- unopened? What I was going to say is because I she pocketed it mm-hmm. before she went to the mugby match. She probably mm-hmm. forgot about it in the heat of the mugby match, really. Yeah. And so when she was sort of sorting through her clothes and sorting that out, she's probably pulled it out. Mm-hmm. And she has probably put it down and done that thing where you stare at something and you're like, I don't know if I want to open this. Mm-hmm. It's got the seal of the Imperium on it. Oh, no. Uh... Yeah. It's uh, to to throw it to something that someone I know in the US did when they got their letter to go to college and when they were, when they were getting their acceptance letters and they just kind of, it sat on a shelf for a day because she couldn't quite bring herself mm-hmm. to open it and decide and find out what it is. So um, I think she's probably left it on Sunday and probably, you know, gotten up on, on the Monday morning and had a bit of a stare down with it and probably opens it over breakfast. Not that she okay. eats much for breakfast, but over her coffee on okay. the Monday morning. Um, well, let's, let's go through that now. So mm-hmm. as you open the silvery wax seal on the envelope, the seal flashes and disintegrates into a powder. The envelope becomes slightly heavier, as though something has materialized inside of it. And when you peer into the envelope, you will see that there is now a silver ring inside, as well as the letter. As you pull it out, you see the letter is printed on the stationery of the Imperium Academy of Magic, with its sigil watermarked in the corner of the page. Mm-hmm. And before you read the words, you spot your family crest at the bottom of the page and see that the letter is signed by your brother, Baradir Ha Doctrina. Mm-hmm. I should probably look at the ring first. Has she seen it before? Never seen this ring before. Okay. Uh, the ring is a three baited three. The ring is silver with three braided bands that bear the design of a noble silver dragon. Mm-hmm. But it's not something you've ever seen before. Okay. Um, she'd probably pop it down, like, on the table mm-hmm. um, and then proceed to open the letter okay. to read it properly. I'll do that that narration thing now where we switch to the character's voice who wrote the letter. Dear Potentia, I hope that this letter finds you well and that you are settling back into academic life after your travels. The family estate has been rather quiet in your absence. Mother talks of you often, musing on what you must be seeing. You should really write to her more. Father is as he always is. But I have noticed his ears perk whenever we receive news of you. He was displeased that you chose to remain away. I was happy to hear that you have settled into an academic position. I hope an opportunity will allow us to once again debate topics on arcane theory. You may be pleased to hear that I was awarded a position at the academy and have since been promoted to a senior instructor. Solana Octavia, the daughter of one of Mother's servants, you may remember her as that little human girl with bright red hair that would follow you around and copy you. She has turned out to be quite a promising wizard and one of my best students. When you write back, I would like to hear more about Feramastus and your impression of the university. And I'm sure any details you include about your travels will be appreciated by Mother. I have been meaning to send the enclosed ring to you for some time, but finding a location to send it to while you travelled was difficult. I was fortunate enough to obtain it, and I had hoped it would aid you on your travels, but I trust you will still find it useful. Best regards, Aradia Ha Doctrina. 
There is a description um, of the ring as well, separate. Yeah, she's probably just going to fold that and put it away. She's not immediately going to write back. In fact, she may not write back for some time um, mm-hmm. for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so she'd, she'll pop that away in, like, the drawer of a of her desk, her, like, mm-hmm. little desk at home, um, and have a quick look over the notes that go with the ring. The ring is called... Kespec's Blessing. K-E-S-P-E-C. Kespec's Blessing. Mm-hmm. You can submerge the ring in a potion of healing or similar healing draft. If the ring is left to sit in a potion for one minute in this way, in this way the ring magically consumes the potion and all of its healing properties. For each potion that the ring consumes, one of the silver dragons will glow with a faint light. So the ring can have up to three consumed potions. Mm-hmm. Immediately after you take damage while wearing this ring, you can use your reaction to speak the command word Kespec and gain the healing effect of one of the ring's consumed potions. Your mm-hmm. choice. The consumed the consumed potion is lost, and one of the ring's dragons becomes dull once again. Cool. Uh, two of these dragon rings are currently illuminated. Two of the, bra- the bands. The bands? Illum- yeah. Cool. Um, she's probably going to stick that little piece of information into her spell book. Like, just tuck it in there so that she remembers and has it to mm-hmm. refer to later, in case she can't remember the specifics of how it works. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna bracket or Kate can't copy um, paste this into our chat for you. Thank you. And I'll include the uh, letter as well. Thanks. Um, and then she's probably gonna slip the ring on. She wears another ring anyway, so that's probably not gonna be something that's super weird mm-hmm. for people that she. It's not like she's rocking up with a ring on for the first time. Yeah. Um, and then she's gonna sort of gather her things. She's probably gonna spend most of the Monday. Um, in her office mm-hmm. reading and so on, because she knows that on Tuesday is the uh, quote-unquote book club um, mm-hmm. that uh, Rivka was talking about. So Let's jump ahead now to Tuesday, uh, just before lunch, at the Arcane Book Club. With the Magic Book Club. You've just been... uh, The first person to speak was... Someone from the School of Evocation. Who has been doing research on... Why individual casters have magic that looks different. Why, Why one wizard's fireball looks different to another, for example. Mm -hmm. Uh, which you may have found interesting but it is not the deepest arcane secret that potentially you would be interested in Meredith is there as well and I I'm not going to speak for you but I don't think Harold will will be there he's not the kind of person who would show up to a, a magic book club I don't think no, probably not. He's probably, I don't know, doing more academic work. But uh, yeah, I don't think, like, being, as a druid especially, he just doesn't really have need for discussing magical theory. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, um, it's much more primal. And of course, his circle um, is kind of rare. And so to have other people to talk to about it would not be common for him i don't like he actually hasn't met a star druid yet he he only Mm -hmm. knows uh small amounts based on like library books and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um well uh potentially office mates will be there um ren silver rivka who was organizing this and taldora there also be a number of uh what look like senior academics maybe who have who are supervisors to some of them have come in to sit as well parfait is there they are 
they have provided some pastries for the event so everyone is is well supplied with snacks meredith is like sitting on a, a, a rather high stool with her feet swinging and she's munching on one of the pastries probably the closest seat to the the pastry table yeah, i imagine absolutely 100 percent mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh the three wolfgangs are there um and they have they found that talk about difference in magic to be interesting but you hear you overhear them talking about how it was a very surface level um explanation by the the arcane the evocation wizard uh there are some other people in this room as well who you don't recognize but i will introduce as they become interesting and important to the, the story but you've just been sitting there currently listening to Ren, um, Potentia's office mate, who is discussing how they are collaborating with the archaeology department to go on an expedition to uncover some magic circles. Uh, seems as though Ren's PhD research is about discovering and uncovering the specific runes you need to travel to arcane circles. As his minor illusion PowerPoint slide changes to a map of where he plans to be traveling to, uh, his his presentation comes to an end. There's a, a small round of applause as you know politely people clap. And then a man in a white coat with gloves stands up and says, I find your conclusion that modern magical gates such as my serpent gates are derived from ancient magic circles to be insulting. Furthermore, I question the value of uncovering old teleportation circles. The crowd is a little taken aback by this uh, confrontation. Um, And Ren takes a moment. Um, That was really more of a comment than a question. Um, But I, I think there is a clear line of magic progression from teleportation circles to the Grimorum gate network of legend uh, to, to modern magical gates such as your own. Uh, and secondly, I think that given the the time and the, the cost of establishing a teleportation circle, casting the spell every day for a year uh, to make it permanent, um, and and the, the precious gems and rare chalk, I. I think uncovering old teleportation circles is beneficial to to modern society too. Uh, and he, the the man who you may now guess is this Penrol Serpent Helm, will cross his arms and sit back down in his chair. From the back of the room. Um, there is someone who claps at at Ren's response and the people will turn around to see who this person is. How does Potentia and, how, and Meredith react to uh, this panel serpent helm attacking one of Potentia's colleagues? Uh, Meredith is like full on kind of sitting up straight, like looking back between them, like munching on her pastry, enjoying every minute. Academic like drama. Uh, Potential looks annoyed that someone would interrupt in a way that is not the way that you are supposed to in that particular setting. It's like this is a time for questions, not a time for you to espouse your personal opinion about someone's research. That's something that you should do one-on-one. And she's probably had a whole lot of conversations with Ren about his research in the office Mm-hmm. On a surface level, but you know, there's no reason that other people can't have conversations with people in a more polite 
less public manner. Mm -hmm. Uh, From the back of the room, you hear someone's voice who you didn't notice was there as you were kind of engrossed in this exchange. Well said, Ren. Well said. As your supervisor, I think you've defended your research quite well. Standing in the doorway is a grey furred tabaxi with black stripes on their face. Hi, Joe here. If you've been enjoying the show, we'd love it if you could rate and review the podcast on your app of choice. While you're at it, why not recommend the show to a friend? It really helps us spread the word. If you want to learn more about the world of Dungeons and Doctorates or submit questions and messages, check out dndoctorates.com. That's dndoctorates.com. And now, back to the action. What? This I don't think would surprise Potentia because, again, she's had conversations with Ran about supervisors and stuff, Mm -hmm. so... You, you, he would have definitely mentioned that his supervisor is a tabaxi, but yeah. didn't necessarily give the description of her. No, they but are. which is why I'm suggesting that maybe she's le- she's less surprised. She's not like it's not like there's this random suddenly tabaxi. Mm-hmm. So uh, is this thing. is this our tabaxi? Hmm, that is an interesting question. Insight, insight, or yeah, you could do an insight. This is. Uh, not this. Not this is not dust of chalk. Oh, okay. Can I, from a player perspective, can I roll to see what I, what conversation, what information I would already have from Ren about his supervisor? Mm-hmm. I don't know how you want me to roll that, but I got an eleven for insight too, Ben. Okay. Uh, with your eleven, you can't yeah. get any more insight about who this person is. Um, Potentia, give me a. Intelligence, just a flat intelligence. Uh, eighteen, fifteen plus three, yeah, eighteen. Mm-hmm. You would know that uh, Ren's supervisor is named um, Swift Rain. Swift Rain is someone who has been at the university for some time. They are a an expert in teleportation magics uh, and there's someone that you've wanted to meet but haven't had the opportunity to do so as they are often away from campus out a grey fur tabaxi walking into the room given your recent experience with other grey fur tabaxis yeah look I think she narrows her eyes for a second and does like a bit of a double take but then realises it's a different tabaxi and completely different person. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, cool. All right. Yeah. Hashtag and not all tabaxis. Yeah. And this one's wearing like a like an academic vest and, and mm-hmm. trousers and things. Uh, Potentia, how do you feel about this person? Um, I'm probably glad to see them in that, like, with that reaction. I'm like, oh, I know exactly who you are. Like, and I, it, that's sort of just like, hmm. And I'm glad you're supporting your student good this is good with a note to self about like trying to catch up with them afterwards uh Rivka will stand up cutting the silence thank you Ren um for your presentation I think now would be a good time for for coffee and cakes before we uh start with the next round of, of presentations and discussion the people in the room um you know start to stand up and make their way over to Parfait's table of, of delicious pastries and you start doing that like there's that, that low murmur starts to fill the room as people start talking but cutting through that murmur are the sound of two screeching ravens that fly in through the window and land on the chair one in front of Potentia one in front of Meredith uh oh all right, I'm gonna unroll. I'm gonna note. take what the ravens given me. Mm-hmm. Um, Same. Yeah, uh, it, it will you know extend its its claw out for you to take the scroll, um, give you a, a slight nod, and then fly off back out the window. Um, not quite in a synchronized flight pattern, but they both fly out with some style. Great. 
You cool. don't know if you have the same letter, but... Meredith, yours says... Meredith, your assistance is requested in the under library. Please come as soon as possible. Bone them the librarian. Yeah, okay, so I'm going to exchange a look with Potentia and just say, Bonin's in trouble. We gotta go. I'm going to nod at Meredith, but I want to, on my way out the door, basically, mm-hmm. swing past Ren and just sort of do the encouraging, like, you did the right thing, good response, I'll speak to you in the office later. Um, I'd like to meet your supervisor if, if there's a chance. And then as I'm leaving like following mm. after Meredith, that's when I'm going to read, like basically check that what my note is, is the same. Yeah. Um, Ren, as... will, will thank, like, Ren will thank you uh, for your, your encouraging words. Um, oh, I'll hair... swing past Rivka and tell her I have to go as well. Okay. Like it's not her, mm-hmm. it's just that I have to go. Um, Ren's hands are still like slightly shaking. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and Rivka will thank you for, for coming um, to what will hopefully be more in the coming months and she you know, see you first Tuesday next month sounds good you know pending supervisor meetings and, and other such things yeah, of course of course um, I'd, I'd love to hear maybe some of your research next time we'll see how far we've gotten of course um, thanks again uh, and then yeah she's gonna head out the door uh, um, reading her note as she goes, because she's fairly accustomed to walking and reading at the same time. Yeah, it is the same note as Meredith's. Which she sort of assumed, so mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, I assume that Meredith has probably run on ahead. As, far, as yeah. fast as her little legs could carry no, her, but I, I think, think um, you'll catch up. I think Meredith will will be waiting for Potentia and like walking okay. along at the same time. At, yeah, At the door or outside? At the door, yeah. Cool, great. So I join you at the door and then Head off. I'll start heading off towards the underlibrary at as fast as my long elven legs can take me. Ah, oh, poor Meredith. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of jog to keep up. Mm-hmm. You said we gotta go. We're going. Yeah. No, it's true. She's used to it. It's fine. Uh, as you arrive outside the library, um, you see coming from the other direction is Harold. Yeah. has received a similar uh, letter from Bonin. Uh, when I see him coming towards us, I just say, it's sort of with that mild questioning of just, Bonin? Mm-hmm. We've been summoned, I guess, it seems. Mm. Again. Indeed. Bonin does keep getting himself in trouble, doesn't he? He's a librarian. <laughs> Very true. Uh, as you make your way through the library, back to the un- the entrance to the underlibrary, Bonin will be standing outside of it, um, arms crossed, kind of tapping his foot, uh, flicking through a book. When he he looks up and sees you, ah, good. I am glad that my message reached you. Bonin, you're all right. We thought you were in trouble again. What's happening? Uh, I am fine. No, it is the library that is in trouble this time. Oh, well, that doesn't maybe, sound good. Maybe other people too. It depends. Mm. Come downstairs. I will. I will explain. As you walk down the stairs, uh, Bonin continues to talk. Well, we have unusual infestation in the library. It seems that the lower levels of the library have become infested with phase spiders. Ah, I wonder where they might have come from. I was also curious. We have a, there is an academic here on campus who has been studying them. And we Meredith just like share a very significant look with Harold and Potentia. (laughs) Uh, Yes, we've met. (laughs) Ah, well, I regret to inform you they are no longer with us. Oh, that's, um, that's not ideal. By no longer with us, do you mean no longer at the university or no longer on this plane of existence? 
well, no longer on this plane of existence is huh. fitting, given the ability of the Fair Spider to move to the ethereal plane. And the As ethereal going- plane is somewhere where ghosts sometimes are, so mm-hmm. also duly fitting. Cool. As we go down the stairs, Potentia's going to cast Mage Armor on herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just preemptively. Yep. Uh, you, when you get downstairs, standing in front of Gloop um, is someone in a full suit of armor. Um, complete helmet, gloves. You cannot see anything about that would identify who this person is, except they have the symbol of the of Feromastus on their shoulder as Gloop spits out a library card. I am Garin Hale, eighth division of town of the town guard nice to meet you it's a pleasure to meet you too garen i'm meredith this is potentia and this is harold harold you will know that the eighth division of the town guard are the irregulars must be something uh little unusual to uh involve you you folks down here well actually my presence here is a coincidence I was doing some research in the library upstairs. I am collaborating with the 5th Division on a project that Harold would recognize the 5th Division as the the Highway Rangers. I was doing some research on trying to develop a a better garbage bin for the, for the road. Unfortunately, there is a considerable overlap between the intelligence of the smartest bears and the dumbest travelers. Mm, that is unfortunate. But when I heard from Bonin that there was a problem with some ethereal traveling spiders, I offered my services to help. It is good to see that you have arrived I believe there is currently one librarian downstairs. Uh, I believe her name was Nora. Oh, no. Oh, she went in shortly after I arrived here. I'm sure she'll be fine. She seemed quite capable. I mean, she is, but the face spiders, they're no laughing matter. The ones that I saw when I went in were, were quite small, so... I'm oh, sure she'll be okay. fine. Well, the last one that we came in contact with was uh, kind of as big as a house, so... He will look at Bonin. I've never seen a face spider as big as a house. No, but there most, might be some exaggeration most, there, but, you know. Most face spiders, they are mm, maybe smaller than a person slightly. I'm still concerning. What kind well, of person actually, are you talking about maybe, there, mate? Maybe sometimes horse-sized. They are they are large, but I would not say how. Maybe a very small house. And he looks at Meredith. Meredith like narrows her eyes at him and goes, "Uh huh." Potentially just puts her hand on Meredith's shoulder, just being like, "Not now. Not like not not saying anything." But that's the like, no, down. Not now. <laughs> And you know that Bonin like, would mean no no harm from that. It's not Bonin that said that, though, was it? Garen. Oh, it was Bonin. Garen. Hmm. All right. Bonin will, will step forward. I, I have sent for other people to come and help as well, but you three are the first that have arrived. It was that be- Nora, obviously? Nora was already here, so she did not necessarily arrive. But yes, it is good that you have come. Um, we are still doing repairs on the library, so the lower levels are still accessible only by a ladder. But uh, if if the four, he looks at Garen, could go in and uh, do some extermination, that would be helpful. 
I mean, we can give it a go, right, guys? Yes, I mean, we failed, for want of a better word, one before. I'm sure we could Mm -hmm. do it again. And I mean, Norin needs a hand. Yes, I mean, you used the word infestation, which is slightly worrying. Uh, I I assume that means there are multiple of these things uh, around the place. Yay! Yes, uh, well, they aren't as big as a regular face spider. They are, Hmm. I think, babies. Which is concerning by itself. Baby face spiders imply mother face spider. Mm. But the library is magically protected. I have reinforced the shielding. They should not be able to pass through the walls, even in the ethereal plane. So you don't have to worry about any crawling up through the floor or through the ceiling. And we don't have to worry about them coming through uh, the floor below us. We just have to hold this door, so to speak. But at some point, if there are continuing to become bigger, they will get in. And there's also the question of how they got in in the first place. Well, I think that calls for some form of investigation then, at a bare minimum. Luckily, I have you three. I'm game. Hmm. Potentially 100% sort of smirks back at him being like, because you just think we're students, right? Like, you you think we've never dealt with anything. Great. Good. 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 Being underestimated. My favorite thing. Doesn't say any of this. This is internal monologue. Well, Bonin at least knows that you were able to get down to the bottom level of the library. Bonin does. Garen doesn't, though. Hey, it's me, Ben, your friendly Dungeons and Doctorates DM here, reminding you to follow us at DN Doctorates on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and to use the hashtag DN Doctorates when you talk about the show. I'm in the process of writing the next arc for the show. Uh, this arc that you're listening to now, we've already finished recording, but I'm, I'm working on the next arc and I'm looking for NPC names. So if you tweet out about the show using the hashtag DNDoctorates and you tag us, you know, tell your friends about the show. If you love the show, we really appreciate the support of you telling people about it because we don't pay for advertising. Word of mouth is how we spread the show. Remember, if you love the show, tell people that you know who you think would enjoy the show too. Bring them in and let's build up this community. Anyway, if you uh, tweet about the show using the hashtag DNDoctorates, then you might hear an NPC named after you in a future episode. And if you would like myself, Kate, Ross, Joe, or a character on the show to read out a personal message, you can find the Google form to fill out via our link tree on socials. Fill it out and have one of us deliver a message for you. If you haven't already seen, we've got merchandise out. We've just released some pretty cool new merch for the cubes. Hashtag GoCubes. You can find that via our Threadless website. Just go to dndoctorates.threadless.com. And if you've got some merchandise, take a picture of it. Send it to us. Let us see what it looks like out in the wild. We love seeing people showing off our merch, repping the show. We really, we really, you know, that means a lot to us. All sales from merchandise go back into the, the show, paying for hosting fees, paying for artists to do more cool stuff for us. Uh, We've got a common room episode recording coming up really soon. Keep submitting those questions uh, via our link tree for the common room, and we'll be answering them on a future common room episode. You know, questions about uh, lore, character information, our own creative processes. Hit us with the questions you want to know. The next episode for the show is coming out next Thursday, the 8th of... Oh, geez. April already? Okay. 8th of April. I won't keep us any longer. Let's get back to this episode right now. Well, I believe we should head off as Garen 
uh, steps towards the, the doorway into the underlibrary. Potentia follows, but with that sort of like looking back at everyone being like, come on. Meredith yeah. follows. As you make your way into the first level of the underlibrary, you will notice that it is spick and span and clean and organized and altogether the way a library should be. Not infested. It is devoid of people, but uh, at least it doesn't have, as far as you can tell, book snakes slithering around. As you make your way through, um, can I please have perception rolls from you? Mm-hmm. 14. Eight. Uh, Harold's passive perception's well above that, so I'll use your passive. It's actually uh, 22 now. <laughs> oh. Because <laughs> uh, I forgot that at level five, you um, you gain a, a, an extra proficiency. So we have plus nice. three now, which is nice. 14. Harold, there is a, uh, a skitter of legs. Um, something roughly the size of a a mouse mm-hmm. um, skitters down the stairs towards the second layer. Mm. Alright, I shot people. I, th- I think they're uh, everywhere. I, I think I already spotted something skittering around, although it's very small, so... Well, as long as they don't get fed they shouldn't get too big and eventually we can starve them out I suppose yeah what do face spiders eat do you know I believe they eat what all large spiders do which is to say any creature they can get their their claws onto cool yes Mm, sounds delightful uh, as you make your way downstairs to the second layer, um, Garen will smash his his fist against the wall. And when he opens his hand, there is a crushed little face spider. Wipes his hands. Just a, just a few small ones I've seen. Do we know how this happened? Uh, are you asking or are you talking to I'm me? I'm asking. No, I'm asking as Meredith, yeah. As we kind of walk downstairs. Well, I believe that there was some face spider in here that laid some eggs and then the eggs hatched. Face spiders, as an arachnid, are able to store the necessary materials to lay eggs quite some time. So So who knows how long it's been down here for? Well, who knows how long ago it... uh, ate the spider that supplied it the materials it needed to produce the eggs. That was very sensitively put there. Hmm. Well, I yeah. am somewhat a, a student of, of the world. Mm-hmm. I've done some study in my time. Hmm. Like, as an aside, this is kind of a sort of situation where, like, you have a huntsman spider lay eggs in your house and you end up with tiny little huntsman spiders everywhere. Great. Yeah. Horrifying. Yeah. I love it. To be clear, Kate, the player, does not like spiders. No. It's fine. I'm good, but... I can handle the tiny little spiders that are actually probably deadly poisonous in Australia, but if they get much bigger than the little ones, like huntsman spiders, which are actually harmless, I'm like, nope, 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 nope. I don't like them because they don't use joints. They use hydraulics to walk, and so it's actually how they move that I don't like. Okay, I'm sorry. You need to explain that. You, they use hydraulics to move. So, in order to move, they pump li- they pump fluid and liquid pressure in and oh. out of their legs, which is why they don't move like any other creature because they don't move with joints. They go weep, 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 and it's awful. As you walk, uh, Garen will say, "Well, as everyone knows, the only thing worse than finding a spider is losing track of a spider." Mm-hmm. We should keep an eye out for. Um, these little spiderlings they they hatch together and will move as a group it's it's a most terrifying sight 
small carpet of spiders moves its way towards you. I mean, should we be thinking about killing these guys or, like, scooping them up in some sort of container and releasing them back into the wild? How are we feeling about all of this? If we weren't in such a flammable environment, I would also advise burning this whole place to the ground. Yeah, but they haven't really done anything to us, have they? Their only crime is existing. Are phase spiders good for the environment? Well, phase spiders Everything aren't. fits in a food web. Yes. I mean, they shouldn't be in here. Absolutely not. But could we not remove them back to their natural habitat? Harold, you're a druid. How are you feeling about all of this? I mean, last time I tried to communicate with one of these things, uh, it bit you, Meredith, so... I mean, that's very true. You know. But... It was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and we were trying to, you know, protect ourselves. I mean, we hadn't done anything to it at that point. I was merely trying to be polite, and then it chowed down on your shoulder, so... Yeah, but it's a wild animal. I guess what I'm saying is, if it's in the wrong place at the wrong time, are we reasonably within our rights to kill it? It's not its fault. I would suggest that this is not where they belong and I don't believe, by my understanding, and she looks to Garen for this, that they are uh, a native species to the area. So I would suggest that this is an introduced moment and perhaps, given this is statistically unlikely to be the only phase spiders in existence in this part of the world, given we've met our friend, the, the researcher, perhaps this is more of a case of controlling numbers rather than eradication completely. Okay. Well, I mean, as long as we've, you know, reasonably Meredith, you can't it. have a pet phase spider. I mean, but no, why not? No, no. Meredith. Garen will, will <laughs> nod. I'm sure if you could find a jar that could contain a creature that can travel to the ethereal plane, become ghost-like, and move through solid objects. If you had such a jar, then you would be more than welcome. I mean, yeah, you make a good point. I'm just saying it's something we need to consider. Mm. Before we Maybe just we go should in consider there all it. ham-fisted. <sighs> Harold, I've... being the, the zoologist-ish of all of us, thoughts? I mean, that's the problem, right? These face spiders are very hard to contain, so I think that perhaps the best thing will be to deal with the uh, the nest and then see what happens from there. I mean, I suppose potentially once the nest is gone, the majority of the spiders will have no reason to return here and may find a new home, so perhaps that's the best we can do. So let's make a beeline for the the nest and any little stragglers we find we can deal with later if we need to. A good plan. Okay. As as you get down to the third level, Garen will put his hand out and stop stop you. Up there in the corner of the room, do you see the the ball of webbing? Uh Harold, as the person with the highest passive perception, you can't see this ball mm. of webbing. Oh. Interesting. Um, I'm sorry, Garen. What are we looking at? Oh, I'm sorry. I. You can take my word for it that in that corner of the room, in the ethereal plane, there is a ball of webbing that I believe would have some eggs. Okay, hold up. You can see into the ethereal plane? I can, which How? is why Bonin asked me, I believe, to, <gasps> to That's help. so cool! How, how does that work? Uh, it is a, a long story, maybe best for another time. I mean, sure, but can you, can you summarise? Maybe we should deal with the immediate situation. You get the idea he's deflecting. Yeah, can Meredith run, like, roll an insight check? Definitely. Okay. I got 18. He's definitely hiding something. Mm-hmm. Can Meredith, like, exchange glances with the other two and just, like, raise an eyebrow? 
you probably actually would get a... Actually, as you sort of raise an eyebrow, you probably just get a look from Harold as if to say, you know, like Harold, Harold you know, with Harold's um, brother being in the Irregulars now, I think Harold would have a... At least a passing, like, mm -hmm. um, appreciation for, like, the range of people who kind of work in this department. Yeah. And he's kind of like, eh, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems legit. Mer and Potentia probably is just like, look, that sounds correct. More from a dealing with teleportation people and stuff. Just from a, like, look, okay. Weird, but sure. We'll go with it for now. Am I to assume that you aren't particularly familiar with the ethereal plane? But that's a good assumption. Decent. Ah, yeah. I'm sorry. And it's one of the things that when you're so familiar with it, you, you forget that other people aren't. Well, the ethereal plane is something that exists in parallel to our own world. Uh-huh. It is a plane of ghosts and ghostly things and these phase spiders as well as a few other unpleasant residents. The edge of the ethereal plane is also a place of dreams too. You know nothing about the ethereal plane beyond what I've told you? I only really know what I've read in sort of... Um you know, storybooks and the occasional uh, adventurer's journal, you know, people who ventured there for whatever reason, but uh, I've never been there myself. It's uh, a bit beyond my capabilities, I'm afraid. Well, I then, mean, I've heard ghost stories, safety, but that's about it. For your own safety, I... There are some things about the ethereal plane I should not tell you. They are um, what we would call a cognito hazard. Things that if you know about them, they become dangerous by knowing. Okay. And sometimes not knowing is more beneficial. Potentia has is probably been looking into a particular spell, Ben, that you will be aware of that means she could go in and out of the ethereal plane. So she mm -hmm. probably has a very high, like, surface level knowledge mm -hmm. of the ethereal plane, but isn't willing to voice that for the others. Okay. So, Does that make sense? Yes. Potential. I'm going to tell you a few things. Yeah. Uh, one of which is that on the ethereal plane, there is no gravity. Yeah. You can move in any direction. Um, things are also... Uh, like morphic, they are they are able to be altered. Everything is made yeah. of mist and smoke. Yeah. Um. It to give us a, a pop culture reference that people may latch onto. It's like when Frodo puts the ring on, everything looks yeah. wispy and and non corporeal. Mm -hmm. You can see the material plane, but it's like looking through stained glass. It's like it, it's like fogged glass, and you can kind of hear the material plane, but it's like hearing underwater. Things are muffled, and you can only hear bits and pieces. It's part of the reason why ghosts don't interact very well with the material plane. They don't understand so much. And you would also know that spells would work normally on the material on the ethereal plane but they only affect things on the ethereal plane. The exception to be is anything that does force damage. Force damage crosses the ethereal boundary. Hmm. Garen will we'll look at you. Do any of you know any force damaging spells? I believe magic missile is quite common among young casters. You get a big eyebrow raise, and as uh, Potentia says, she knows a couple of different force-based uh, attacks. I think that's technically true. No. no. There's at least one, but I just Mer thought it was Meredith a just kind of shakes her head and goes, I mean, the closest I've got is my short bow. Oh, that would be a different kind of force mm -hmm. than what I am talking about. 
a similar effect? No. Okay. So you need that extra but bit of magic to. You punch need through. a force magic effect to right. cross. The- Otherwise, uh, and he will draw his sword. I do have this, and it glows. Ooh. But it is all the way up there in the corner of the room. Potentius just looks to him and says, well, I can't see it, and I've only got your word for it. My word is trustworthy, I can assure you. Although, if it wasn't trustworthy, my assurance would be useless. Correct. You, you can trust that I have the city's best interests at heart. Uh, Potentially going to look to Harold because he has more experience with the local town guard. I mean, Potentia, you know, the, their methods are unorthodox, but um, they're a long-established part of the protections of the city. Fine. And sort of with a very resigned, like, glance, she sort of looks to Garen for confirmation of exactly where she has to cast. And she's going to cast Magic Missile at first level because she's not using any of her, like, higher level stuff. Yep, yep, yep. Because, Um, yeah. That's fair. Um, So as your, your arcane bolts fly through the air... They don't impact the wall where you'd expect them to. They impact mm-hmm. something else. Mm-hmm. That, and from that location, pours a stream of tiny spiders mm-hmm. coming out of the ethereal plane into the material plane, Ugh. forming a uh, a puddle, a pool of little spiders about. Uh, a meter across, like three feet across. That's just unpleasant. So, Uh, because I would have to, because I would have cast three magic bolts mm -hmm. for that. They technically can't, like, hit simultaneously. You mean you damage Yeah, so my question was going to be, can it effectively be one that hits the thing and two that immediately hit the same spot, thus hitting whatever's coming out? Yeah, roll me damage. Five and four and four. 13 points of damage. Um, so your darts will puncture this cocoon of eggs. These, this, these spiderlings will start to pour out and your second and third bolts will land onto them. But there is still a swarm of phase spiderlings on the ground that begin to make their way towards you. Um, How far away are they? Uh, they would be 20 feet away from you and moving towards you in a carpet of a swarm of spiderlings. This might be the dumbest thing ever, but Harold <laughs> okay. actually... Harold isn't like especially afraid of spiders and creatures and stuff. Like he studied, mm-hmm. you know, creatures and, and stuff. So, what I'll do, I will, I will, I will get, let's say, exactly sixteen feet away from the rest of the party. Okay, an unusual distance, sure. And then I'm going to cast Thunder Wave, which is a fifteen-foot cube, as we all know. Yep. And every creature, every creature within a fifteen-foot cube, except for myself. Uh, mm-hmm. must make a constitution saving throw otherwise take mm-hmm. 2d8 thunder damage and be pushed 10 feet away from me so 